Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Jesus' name. This is one of those sad days, but there's a lot to rejoice about. And to the family, I want to extend my sympathy for this loss. It's our loss. We grieve with you. I'm just sad about last passing. I thought of a verse last night as I was standing here watching the uh, pictures on that screen of Wesley when he was young, when he married Rosalie, the family growing up and then older. A verse from James, For what is your life? It is even a paper that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. That's an important lesson for all of us that we're not here for very long. Even people that live many years, it's a very short time. I also thought of another verse that's a little brighter. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. You know, vanish away like a vapor doesn't mean being overlooked by God or forgotten by God. This verse assures us of God's interest in love and care through life, through death, and into His presence. Brother Wesley has experienced that. So this morning we've been remembering and honoring this man, Wesley Goyce. And uh, I enjoyed those memories very much. Wesley certainly was unique, a one-of-a-kind type of person. He was a fixture in this community ever since I moved here with my parents when I was three years old. I remember Wesley and Rosalie's wedding down there at the chapel and the reception in her parents' place just up the hill. And I saw their children growing up. And now there are grandchildren and great-grandchildren. For some of them, they've lost a second grandfather in less than two months. I'll not go through memories uh, beyond the one to mention a couple things. It's been mentioned I need six things. And I, too, had a freezer with a problem. The freezer. One problem with the freezer was that it was about 45 years old, but it quit. And I asked him, "Should is it time for me to replace this freezer?" He wanted to take a look at it, and he crawled down there, uh, difficult as it was, pulled off a panel, and discovered that some gizmo—I don't know what it was—had burned out. And he had one on the truck that would fix it. And he wouldn't charge anything either. And that freezer is still running now at 48 years. Uh, the next time it quits, Wesley's not here. I expect that's going to be it. I also remember his cars. He kind of fascinated me, especially when I was younger. He, uh, he had a Henry J, a Studebaker, 
He had a Chevrolet Corvair Greenbrier van that he used to take the family on trips with, or haul children to Bible school, or take a load of church folks to South Boston or somewhere for revival meetings. That was just Wesley. It was a blessing. And he enjoyed tinkering with them and adding little things to them to make them more useful for him. And it's been mentioned about him being a remarkable student. And now he learned and did and just became an expert. And it's been mentioned about him being a worker. Scooped over in these later years, especially I thought about this, you know, scooped over as he was and having back pain more, uh, but still working and still going steady. Uh, he called me some once in a while in the evening with a question about something like, uh, is there a church, a Mennonite church in this community where he's going to be traveling through? And then he talked about his day and like he'd make a run to Harrisonburg in the morning to uh, fix an electric wheelchair for someone, then to Roanoke to fix a stove in a restaurant, and then somewhere else to troubleshoot a, a fair, fair lift. And I don't know how he, how he did it, but he just kept going. And uh, I'll also especially remember him as a generous and compassionate person. He was easily touched and easily moved to tears uh, by people's needs, and he wanted to help them. And very, very hospitable, always having people over for, for Sunday dinners. And he and Rosalie brought uh, his sister after the church and took her home afterwards. And the last time that he dropped Esther off after a service, he said to her, Sometime I'll stand straight again. Now he's straight again. Most importantly, he's with the Lord. We knew he was very sick. Uh, but we thought he was recovering. He rallied. We thought he was recovering. And then that sudden turn for the worst and steep decline. Uh, it's just very disappointing, heartbreaking. We'll miss him here buzzing through church on Sunday morning on that electric wheelchair, sitting back there. So we're in mourning here this morning. But there is much to be thankful for and to be happy about. As Christians. Today, uh, I want us also to remember another man, the God man Jesus Christ. And knowing him gives us a bright and very different perspective about Brother Wesley's passing and his funeral setting. I appreciate very much the words that Tim shared in his testimony. Because of Jesus, it is possible in grief and loss to have a great and subtle hope. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. And a messy world it was that He came into, a sin 
spiritually blind, physically suffering and dying world is lost. Crippled by the fall and oppressed by the devil, it was full of grief and pain and conflict and commotion. And Jesus saw it. He walked through the countryside, through the villages and towns. He stood on the porches of the temple. He saw the crowd like lost and malnourished sheep, they seemed to him, without a shepherd. And Jesus didn't come as a tourist, a visitor interested in the sights and the culture of this land where he lived. He wasn't there as a reporter, jotting notes to write articles about his observations to post in a blog somewhere. He wasn't a bystander. Jesus came as a servant to these people, as the Good Shepherd. He had great compassion for people. He wept for them. He prayed for them. He was moved to act to be involved and reach out. He touched the lepers and made them whole. He touched blind eyes and gave them sight. The deaf were made to hear. Cripples walked. He fed hungry crowds. He delivered people of demons. Even raised people to life. How many people did Jesus heal? I don't know. I don't know if we can know here, but there were multitudes, many more than were recorded. In Matthew 4, it says that his fame spread throughout Syria, and they brought all the sick people, and he healed them all. In Matthew 8, it says they brought many, and he healed all the sick. In Matthew 12, multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Many, many people physically healed by Jesus. But, but Jesus also touched the souls of people, teaching them spiritual truths, sharing the words of life, touching and moving their hearts and calling them to God and to repentance from their sins. And to as many as received him, John wrote, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Those who received, who repented and believed in Jesus as their Redeemer, they became God's children. And people rejoiced and glorified God when they were healed. You see, at different times, uh, they glorified God. And others looking on, glorified God. But even more precious was to be cleansed of their sins, to experience the healing of their souls. The man with the palsy heard Jesus say, Be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. So the sinful woman in proud Simon's house who anointed Jesus' feet with an expensive ointment and her tears, Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. To the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin 
no more. To a remorseful tax collector today, salvation has come to this house. To a repentant thief hanging on a cross beside him, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. For sweeter words could a sinner hear. How blessed were these people, these multitudes who were touched by Jesus in some way. When I was a young Christian, I sometimes thought that my faith might be stronger if I had lived when Jesus was here on the earth. That somehow it would be easier to believe and trust Him and to be a better Christian if I had actually witnessed His ministry and His work and knew Him as a real flesh and blood person. A little like Thomas, who said he needed to touch the wound in Jesus' hands and side. I've heard of others who have had such thoughts, too. But were those people in Jesus' day loved any more than we are? Were they cared for, cared about more than we are? It's been a couple thousand years since Jesus was on the earth. But if you think about it, most of the people living during Jesus' time on earth didn't see him either. The folks in Rome and Ephesus and Philippi and numerous other places didn't see Jesus or even hear about him until a missionary came and visited their town or the New Testament gospel of epistles of Paul or Peter or James were read to them and they heard the gospel for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The fact is that the vast majority of Jesus' followers never saw Jesus or heard him speak, or touched him in the flesh. People who did wrote about it. First John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, and so forth. These things we write to you that your joy might be full. So those people that didn't see Jesus, they had to accept the gospel, the good news of Jesus, just like we do today. By faith, believing, repenting of their sins, and accepting Jesus as their Savior. And those who do, those who do know that Jesus is real and that they are loved and cared for. Yes, we're loved and cared for as much as those people who sat in the crowds and listened and were ministered to or were personally touched and healed. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Nothing, says the Scriptures. Nothing. That Jesus loves us matters to us here today at Brother Wesley's funeral. We don't literally see Jesus here among us, but He is here in the presence of His Spirit, and nothing can separate us from God's love. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. When Jesus was here on the earth, He accomplished two great things. One is, He demonstrated the love of the incarnate God in action on earth with His people. Emmanuel, God with us. Many experienced it during His earthly life. Many more, the rest of us, have experienced it through faith as we read the Bible, the Bible record, and we believe and repent uh, of our sins and accept Jesus as our Savior. So whether it happened with Jesus in person 2,000 years ago, or with Jesus in spirit, then or now, or any time between, one is just as real as the other. God is with us. Now, the second great accomplishment, Jesus died for mankind, the ultimate act of His great love, a perfect sacrifice for our salvation. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. His death and resurrection was the blow that defeated Satan, God's most fierce and determined foe. The prophetic heel that crossed the serpent's head. All during Christ's ministry, he was waging a spiritual battle against the effects of the fall and the forces of evil and the devil's deceptions. Remember Satan's eye to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? He tried to slow and stop the widening influence and power of Jesus' ministry through the opposition of hateful men. But Jesus, through his death and resurrection, won a great victory breaking chains and setting sins captive free. And because of that victory, God's redeemed children have a hope. They have a hope that's been sung about, spoken of here this morning. And Jesus could say, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, so many mansions. If I go, I go and prepare a place for you. It's a living Jesus, a resurrected Jesus, that is preparing that place. That where I am, there you may be also. And he'll be there to welcome us there. 
in First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Those words affect our funeral. This funeral here this morning. And it, it uh, comforts us in our grief. The day that Wesley died, there was a family conference call with the doctor. And the doctor was very frank. Wesley, Wesley is not going to make it. And near the end of the call, Rosalie said something like this. Wesley is going before us to heaven. We'll go to be with him there. I don't think that's the exact quote, but that was the thought. Sister Rosalie is a woman, a godly woman of faith. Wesley's gone from us, and that grieves us, but we have a hope. We have a certain hope. For life here, that God is with us, God is caring for us, God is providing for us, God is comforting us, and there is a place in the future, an eternal place, where Wesley is, where Wesley's spirit is with God. This morning, and in the days to come, we'll finally remember our brother Wesley. And we'll remember the other man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who redeemed Wesley to eternal life, to an eternal home. And that's why, during this sad time, we know the way, like Jesus said, to believe in Jesus. We know the hope, and we can experience the comfort if we are His children. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for our brother Wesley, for his life that he lived here among us. For his love for you, his faithfulness to you, his faithfulness to the church, to his family, his testimony to the community, his compassion and care for people. Many, all of us have been touched in some way by his life. Just thank you for that. We pray your blessing and comfort on Sister Rosalie and the family this time and these days of grief, adjusting to this loss, be very near to them, and meet their needs, 
And Father, we thank you for being with us here this morning and for speaking to our hearts. Please help us to be responsive to your, to your spirit. We thank you for a great eternal hope through our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.